punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Hello there, and welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. If you're wondering, wow, that does not sound like Logan Mullen, you're absolutely right. Um, I am your host, Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell. Logan has decided to leave us. Um, he's no longer with Nesson. We wish him well. We will miss him. Well, I will anyway. I'm yeah. not going to speak for, for Mike here. Um, as always, I still am joined by Nesson.com's Mike Cole, but also we are welcoming Nesson.com's Scott Edwards. So, Scott, hello and welcome. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me join. Hey, Scott. You, you, the bar is... I mean, it's high in some regards, but it's mostly low, so I have no <laughs> no doubts in your ability to, to clear it. Uh, I, I would just like to echo everything Lauren said. Logan was a, a great soldier. That being said, I mean, it's time to get disruptive in here and start to really – I mean, he was holding us back. Let's I think, party. At the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> so we're really going to, you know, turn this thing upside down, and uh, there will be a lot less uh, random mentioning of – John Moore. Yeah, well, that's for sure, John Moore. <laughs> I mean, uh, but you know, maybe not as much talk about the Coyotes for sure. Um, at least until the trade deadline gets here. Uh, third line Dallas Stars probably. I don't know if that's maybe Scott's specialty. Hopefully not. That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a new era for the for the Ness and Bruins podcast. It is. It's a it's a new month, kind of. No, it's we're halfway. February. We're in the dog days of winter, though. It's awful. This it's is freezing. It's this the the weather's bad. Well, I guess it's about to get better. It's going to be like record highs tomorrow. We're doing this on Wednesday, but like as as it pertains to the Bruins, I mean, we'll kind of get into it. But like we were just talking about the fact. I mean, they went you know Pittsburgh and Carolina at home last week, and then like the most unremarkable playoff or excuse me playoff game <laughs> regular <yet>. season <laughs> hockey game of all time you know saturday at ottawa they go back to ottawa saturday night like it's just this is the time of year where you're like well this is this is a long season it is and they have colorado next week and then they they were just in colorado they're going right. to the west coast for the west coast to come back for them uh it's gonna be a good test that said tuesday night was good Tuesday night was fun. Those are like always <laughs> nice to get like that every once in a while. You're like, oh yeah, this is still like an awesome sport. So. It's a shame it had to end in a shootout. That's why we should abolish the shootout. But <laughs> well, all right. So <laughs> right. I don't have a problem with the shootout. I I really don't because like, what's the what's the alternative? I guess we're gonna do the shootout talk. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> Overtime. We saw this in the playoffs when like. Well, how many overtimes? I mean, I don't know. I think you have to cap it at some point because I'm not. I'm not trying to be up till one. I'd rather I'd rather get like let's get crazy like last night or what Tuesday night there was the uh, uh, who took the penalty Jesus there's a, a goalie interference penalty Craig Smith Craig Smith and then Lafreniere came in and got the like when there's matching minors or whatever or, let's play two on two let's really open it up like that's <laughs> where we need crazy. to be. yeah like <laughs> I'd rather do, that's better than than shootout um no I. The shootout is fine. It serves its purpose. They didn't. There was miles of open ice in the overtime period. They didn't score. The goalies are great. Fine. Like we're just gonna play all night, or let's just go to a shootout. And I like then a nine round shootout. That was entertaining. Like that's the thing. Oh, this was. is not okay. So this is not the day to be like kill a shootout because it was an entertaining <laughs> yeah, shootout. That looked for me right. That was awesome. And like I love it. I mean, there was the yeah, a few years ago. A few. It was probably eight or nine years ago now. Where like Chara. 
Uh, they got him in there late, and he just absolutely unloaded a rocket. Like I like when it gets weird. It's it's not dissimilar to like fifteenth inning baseball, and I think yeah, but it's not three in the morning. And there's an end in sight on like sure. baseball. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't have a huge problem with it. It's like it is kind of weird when you're like, oh, this is what it comes down to, where you're like, you're having a debate. Like, did the puck stop? And it's like that's if that's a consideration, we're probably not playing hockey right now, but. I don't know. For, for a random game like that, it's not the end of the world. My pitch has always been 10 minutes over time, then shoot up. Once I went to three on three, I was like, okay, I want like, you know, NHL All-Star game more of this, but I want more of this. I give this idea credence because your, your job is based around how long these games go. <laughs> so if yeah. you're willing to add more time to your, your night and your shift... I think that that's something I can listen to, you know, and, and take into consideration because I think, you know, if you're willing to do it, then I guess I should be able to be willing to do it <laughs> when I'm sitting at home on the couch. Well, I think you touch the shootout far less if you give them 10 minutes, three on that three. That is true. Because then, because, you know, in five minutes you get some awesome opportunities most of the time. You'll get the occasional very boring uh, three on three overtime. But with 10 minutes, you get a little more time than if you have to go to the shootout. It's all right. I, I mean, like yeah. you said, it was a really entertaining shootout last night. So, But it was, was like, it was probably entertaining because it was bad. That's true. <laughs> uh, I do, I'm sure somebody's done the, the research, like how many games go to overtime, end up going to the shootout. It, the, it's probably not a high number. And, yeah, adding five minutes probably would certainly help. Maybe, Scott, we can team up here. And after five minutes, we go to two-on-two. Two. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Imagine that. Um. The, like the only thing is, and this is, I guess, maybe my last point on the the overtime shootout stuff is like, it does feel in the last two seasons, three seasons, maybe, the 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 shine is kind of worn off on the three on three. Not so much that like it doesn't rule when it's good. I think coaches and teams have gotten smarter about how they defend and how they minimize risk that's what's going to ruin sports just in general is the absolute risk aversion for anybody who has any sort of decision making ability where like once you figure it out it just gets ruined and i think that's kind of where we're at with three on three right now it's still some nights it's awesome tuesday night was a perfect example of that even without scoring a goal and even without i mean there are nights where it's like end to end to end but there were each goalie made a big save in overtime that's all you can really ask for but it does feel like it was like when this first started three on three, every time I was like, Jesus Christ, this yeah. is the coolest <laughs> so thing I've ever fun. seen. And I, it has, I think it's kind of as teams have figured out how to, like I said, minimize risk. It's kind of slowed down, but then there are still times though. You're like the, my favorite part about the three on three is like doing the math in my head. And it happened. I forget who it was on the Rangers, but I'm like adding it up and the pucks loose and the Rangers get on the puck. And I'm like, I don't see the third guy anywhere. I was like, Oh, He's at the blue line. And, like, it's like, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? So when it happens like that, you can kind of see it coming. That's exciting. So This is why we should do two-on-two two then because we need new, we need new shine. Yeah. Let's we just turn it into, like, the, a game of overtime. NHL hits or whatever. That old video. Maybe game, so. any penalty. So say they get one team gets penalty. It's three-on-two, and then they just have no shot. That is one. <laughs> that, I've, that's what I want. That's <laughs> actually – I've I'm on that block too. Like, the yeah. idea – I've never understood, like, adding a guy is that because then so you know what happens too if you get that penalty early in the overtime inevitably they kill off the penalty mm-hmm. and then you're four and four and it's like well now this is just i mean we're back to well regulation yeah five. exactly <laughs> right let's yeah. just play eight night eight on eight i don't care um so 
Yeah, didn't mean to railroad the uh, <laughs> start <laughs> of the Scott rule, Edwards era with the to rule changes <laughs> that we would like to see. Um, but part of what made last night's game or Tuesday night's game so entertaining was the goaltending. Uh, Jeremy Swayman looked great. He's looked great the last two games, really. He's looked good ever since getting called out by Bruce Cassidy. And I know it's not always on the goaltending, but he's a rookie. He needs to hear when it's on him, and he's really bounced back from that. He looked his well, the first two shots. I think he looked a little shaky in the in the shootout. And then he bounced back and he was stopping everything until Keandre Miller. But Igor Shosturkin, easy for me to say, unreal. I mean, Rangers fans go from Henrik Lundqvist to this guy. They're so lucky. There was a a bit of a, and I, there's, it's not, it's very similar. I think it's very similar situations because there was, what, what have like the Rangers been doing for the last four years? It really hasn't, it's been kind of no man's land. Like Lundqvist was hurt. Shosturkin was kind of, coming into his own and Cassie talked about that after the game it's I think that's kind of what they're looking at as a you know maybe a blueprint where it's what this guy clearly has the talent you know the, he was saying of Shesterkin it kind of just took him a while to find inconsistency and that's where they're at with Swayman he's you know last night he's like he said our hope is to get you know Swayman at that level where he's performing on a consistent basis and yeah that's all you can ask for of a young goalie this is why again I mean drink uh as I bring up the fact that I was right about the goaltending situation <laughs> the entire season where I think getting him as many opportunities as you can for a team that, you know, maybe he gets into a position where he's good enough to take you on a run late in the season. Uh, you know, getting him in, out in there as much as possible, I think, has always made the most sense from from a goaltending standpoint. Um, I think I also wonder, too, if there's not a coincidence that Swayman has played better since Tuca retired. And I don't know if a weight's been lifted, if it's he realizes that he's here to stay. I'm sure when this first happened with Tuca going, you know, going down with the injury is that Swayman gets called up and he's excited to be back, but he doesn't know for how long he's going to be back. Right. And I have to imagine looking over your shoulder in that regard is a little unsettling, especially at a position like that where confidence is so important. And I think now that Tuca's gone, he can probably relax a little bit. He's clearly tight with Olmark. I think they have a good situation, the two of them. not. This isn't a, a a mark against Tuca or anything, but it just I think it kind of upset that chemistry uh, within that the goaltending situation. So if they get that ironed out, they're they're in position. You know, I, I like the the Jay Fresh hockey account, uh, and he's he does a great job with kind of you know looking at the advanced statistics. And this one I saw a couple of days ago, so I'm not sure if it's still up to date. But he had you know he's uh, rankings of five v five expected goals against per sixty minutes, and the Bruins are number one in the entire NHL. Olmark ranked 25th in goalies saved, saves, goalies saves, saved uh, per 60, even strength. So, like, there's a clear disconnect. If they can get the goaltending to to league average, and I think Swayman, you know, performing like he did the last two starts is a big part of that, they could be in business in terms of being a very stout defensive team. And I think that is they get healthier. Like, they, they may have just scratched the surface on what they can be. Yeah, and I think that with Swayman, I mean, you said it best, the confidence, it needs to be there. And it's hard at a position like goalie. He's not a forward where you're going, you know, it's a, it's a forward. It's not, obviously, teams need forwards, right. but goalies are so important to the league. And knowing that he's going to stay here, even Cassidy said today after practice, he was like, like praising the chemistry between Allmark and Swayman. And we've seen that from the beginning. They do that little hug. They have, they're always like cheering each other on. They're super supportive. And, you know, also not a knock on Tuca, but, when he comes in, 
and everyone's like excited for him to be back. So I wonder if that kind of was with Swayman too, where he's like, yeah, like That's I know I'm likable, but I'm, like also like this guy's been here for 15 years. I have nothing on him. Um, but now he's he's here to stay. Um, you know, like I said, I think he's looked really good since Cassidy really kind of called him out. And Swayman's never been one to get rattled. He's incredibly poised and he still continues to be poised in his first full season. And I think that's probably what's impressed me the most about him is that he is just he's so poised. Like, I'm nervous for him. And he's just like, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm good. I like to go out on a limb. Uh Oh, <laughs> I think Swayman's the guy like, you know, the next yeah. guy. He's a rookie, so it's hard to say that right off the bat. But every time I watch him, you know, especially when Cassidy challenges him, he delivers. You know, he's made over 60 saves past two games, one goal. The shootout, you know, shootout's the shootout. That's yeah. just a totally different uh, animal in itself. But he feels like the guy. He feels like the one that is the next, you know, comparing him to Tuka Rask is unfair, and that's why he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, having Rask in the building, that probably didn't help. Getting sent down to uh, the minors never helps. And then coming back and be like, okay, am I just going to get sent back down again or am I here to stay? Now he knows. Now he knows he's here to stay. And I thought that was a great point because now he can just calm down. Okay, this is my crease. This is mine. You know, him and Omar are sharing. But Cassie has shown if you play well, it's your crease. And he's taken the challenge. He's played two great games back to back. That'd be sad. He's going back to Omar on. Thursday night against the Islanders, but you know, they pay old Mark what they do and he's yes. going to have to play, which again, it's not old Mark's fault, but it's like, <laughs> it goes back to my preseason thing where, but like that's been tested. My, my take has been tested has. at times this season with a, a young goaltender. And that was not to speak ill will of the dead, but that was a, a big thing with Logan always bring up is that you, you know, you don't always know what you're going to get out of a young goalie but I'm willing to live with the growing pains because I think we've seen a pretty high ceiling out of Swayman. And one thing that you guys kind of touched on, um, I think is one thing he doesn't get enough credit for is Cassidy. You know, I don't, when it comes to older players, I'm not sure how often this works. (laughs) It can maybe work to his detriment, but he really has got a pretty good idea of when to push buttons. And, I think he knows, in, and I think Rask was the same way. I think Rask, we talked about this last week. Like, Rask is not, a, you know, did not shut down when he got criticized. And Lord knows he heard it from plenty of people. So, I think Swayman's kind of cut from a similar cloth where he is, he uses that the right way, I think. And I, like I said, I think Cassidy deserves some credit, too, for for knowing where the line is, going right up to it, and making the most of the situation. I think those are the sorts of, uh, experiences and, and scenarios that are going to help Swayman grow as he kind of gets more experience and everything that comes with that experience, whether it's being in the crease, whether it's preparing for games, whether it's getting his work in and practice or handling criticism from his boss, basically. And I think, too, it's like he's Cassidy's not saying anything out of line. He's not like, oh, so that's what I like. Yeah. Tonight. Like, he's like, he needs to be better. Yeah. This one's on him. And Jay yeah, he Swim has is like, you're right. You're right. Watch this. <laughs> that would drive me nuts if I was Rask. Because, <laughs> like, he, he did it with Tuca a lot. And he, he kind of backed off. It felt like a little bit more. But it's like the goalie needs to make that save. It's like, eesh. But he's usually not wrong. So right. I'll give him credit for that. Yep. And um, some good news coming out of the Bruins after Tuesday, uh, Patrice Bergeron is coming back and he has been out since he's missed the last three games. So he's been out since sometime last, I think it was last Tuesday when he got hurt. 
uh, laceration on his head. He said Wednesday it was not a concussion. It was just swollen, and they wanted the extra time for it to heal, especially because he's had head injuries in the past. Um, but that's certainly going to provide a really big boost. I think that the last couple games, two goals, one goal, they need more than that, especially if they're, you're going to beat a team like the Rangers. You have a tough West Coast trip coming up. Yeah, it's, it's a good time to get Bergeron back, and hopefully this will kind of get Hall going. I know Cassidy kind of called out Hall's line last night with Poshnok and Hala, so Bergeron coming back is certainly good news. Um, hopefully there's no lingering effects from, from this cut and the stitches he received. Probably not. It's Bergeron played 2013 with basically no lung, so I don't have any like major concerns. It's just a matter of it's his head. Just that's He's older, it's his head, and he's been through head injuries before. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, lots to unpack with this. Um, I think they probably win that shootout. If they have Bertrand and Marshawn oh, yeah. Tuesday night, um, having to run Howell and Fellini out there, <laughs> Fellino out there is not is suboptimal. I think when you're building a shootout lineup. Uh, but I will say, say nice things about Howell. I think he did a pretty good job of kind of. I mean, they you look at the first line that they're running out yeah. Tuesday night. It's like, geez, to even be in that game. Is is impressive, but yeah, Lauren, to your point, the 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 results last what's it three or four games or whatever it is they've scored three goals, four yeah. goals, whatever it was. I'm looking it up right now. I've... I think it's three because they were shut out by Carolina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't buy. Yeah, a three goal. goals. <laughs> yeah, and even then, like they beat Ottawa because they just choked the life out of them, and yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you know, there was nothing overly impressive about that offensive performance. So they did a nice job of of playing well defensively. Uh, with without um, without Bergeron, but it, it's interesting. Like I think his offensive game sometimes gets overlooked, uh, and I think he does a nice job of making guys around him better. I mean, that's an understatement as, a, as it comes out of my mouth. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, we've all been living here for the last 20 years. <laughs> but I am interested to see. It looked like they're going to go with Bergeron centering Hall and Pasternak. Yeah. Maybe that just gets them both going. That's I feel like that's maybe one we discussed earlier this year. Yes. Does is this have they had this line yet? Or? I don't think so. Right. So it was we were I think we were at least I was, I don't want to view it, pining for this line at one point, I think when Pasternak was hurt or something. Yeah. Um and they ended up moving Smith up to the first yeah, line, I, I think it Smith was. Smith on the top right. line. Right. And now I so this is what I like. I like Hall Berger on Pasternak. I like this and maybe it's a blessing in disguise, right? So assuming Marshawn's suspension isn't reduced. He's got four games left. Um, three. He'll be back three? against the Kraken on the twenty. Oh, okay. So he's already halfway through it. So I missed the game <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um. So that's three games to get those two going, and I guess that that has to be the hope that you, know, you kind of find that. Um. You know, the Islanders game is you know, that's a whatever game. Uh. And again, going back to Ottawa, and then. And the Colorado one was always going to be difficult, even at, at full capacity. So I think they should just kind of look at these next three games, getting Bergeron back, making sure, A, they keep him healthy, but, B, hopefully he can jumpstart uh, his line mates. And then once Marshawn gets back, they can kind of slide it back in as they, they see fit, everybody feeling good about themselves. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's yes, it's, it's a good thing to have one of the 10 best players in the <laughs> NHL back. Uh, I, I was thinking about this after watching last night's game. You know, putting Bergeron between them, good idea. But when Marshawn comes back, depending, you know, how they're playing at the time, I feel like Coyle, Frederick, and Smith 
They've been a good fit. I thought they were the best line on the ice last night. So did Cassidy. Right, exactly. So <laughs> they were even better the Saturday game in Ottawa. Yeah, so. yeah. they were. The they doubled up on chances if, when they were on the ice. Against right. Their so, I mean, it'll, it, we don't know what they'll look like by the time Marshan's ready to come back. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're not the same. But I've liked what I've seen out of them. Cassidy's liked what they, uh, uh, what he's seen out of them. So it'll be interesting because you know Craig Smith's been on that first line for. You know, the new year at least. And yeah. yeah, what would happen? I don't even. Because Frederick's not going anywhere. Frederick, uh, Cassidy seems like he has made it very clear that he wants to keep Frederick in the lineup. So Taylor Hall on the third line with I, yeah, Hall and Felino. That's terrible. I mean, it's not. But like DeBrusque has played. Like DeBrusque was. They, the DeBrusque, Coyle, Smith combination was like pretty good, <laughs> relatively speaking. Um, in the Carolina game, like they got yeah. some run yeah. together and they, they were, they were pretty good. So like DeBrusque and DeBrusque actually at times Tuesday night looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. That goalie, the shootout goalie scored. Oh my God. Like, I know it's the, authority. I know it's a shootout, but it's like, there's, you've seen a little jump in his step. So yeah. yeah, I guess that's kind of a natural jumping off point. I, you know, Scott, I had not prepared, prepared for this. Um, <laughs> that's a, a brain buster. I, yeah, I don't know what you do there. I mean, is it. Do you just revert to the first line? Is it because then if you do that, yeah, no, I guess Hall's like the odd man out here, right? But but do you want to break up Hall and Pasternak because they've played so well? And I mean, you know, a couple but, games is. I mean, I feel like I mean maybe this is a Pasternak thing, but I just feel is like you're gonna put Marshawn on the third line. <laughs> no, well, you're leaving Marshawn and Bergeron together. But my whole thing is, do you put? What do you do with Pasternak then? You're you have to get rid of one of these guys, Scott. No, 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 because you got four winger or yeah. four forwards and then one defenseman. You got Coyle, Smith, and Frederick as your third line. Yeah, you got Hall. So what's the second line? Pasternak and Hall. You keep that. Okay, all right, yeah. And then you okay. just have to put someone else with Bergeron. All right, and so my I had a mental block there. That you're, that's a good point. I had not considered just moving Hall up. Now it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm just looking at the way I have it written down. I, te- I technically have Frederick Coyle Smith as the second line oh, right okay. now, yeah. but like, yeah, they get knocked down to the third line. I guess Hall, and that is Hall is an interesting case for the entire season. I the jury's still out on him. At times, it's been like this guy's very serviceable. At other times, it's like uh, okay. <laughs> um, but I do think there's a a level of versatility that he brings that does allow him to kind of go up and down the lineup. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's a, a good, yeah, I think that makes most sense. And then if you do that too, like you're not asking too much out of that coil line either. No. Right. You know, so if you move them down, yeah. Special teams, it still kind of works out. You guys coming and going. So yeah, I, I like that. We've also been all year kind of wondering where Hella fits in this lineup. Because he's kind of. I don't think we're ever going to get the answer to that. I don't think so either. <laughs> especially just like, especially it, after this past week when he's been a, on the top line. It's he's a been war done. of attrition, too. Like, if as soon as Marshawn comes back, somebody else is going to get hurt or yep. somebody's going to get traded or. or Well, so, like, that's the other thing. And Fluto wrote about this today. So I don't want to just completely, uh, you know, take his take. But, like, what happens when they're fully healthy and or make a trade at the deadline? Yeah. And now is Hala kind of like the odd man out? His thing was. Hall and Riley both. And the Riley one is a lot more, you know, uncertain for the player. But you do have these kind of decisions looming, assuming they are fully healthy and they make a trade to improve the roster. I'm not sold on either of those things happening, though, just because it's more likely than not that you're going to stay healthy and or make a a trade that improves the team. I mean, they are one injury away from needing 
I mean, we've seen it with Bergeron and Marchand with trying to test this depth with, I mean, Jack Stadnika. Well, you still I, got Stadnika, right. But where does he go? Yeah. Like, he is, like, if you want to talk about odd man out, he is, like, the definition of odd man out. He didn't get a uh, place in the shootout. He's been up and down. He's not really getting what Logan would say, a fair shake in this lineup. <laughs> but I don't like, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah. If you want to boost his trade value or if you want to le- legitimately see what you have in him, you need to let him play. Yeah. This was a conversation we had a week ago, right? <laughs> it was when we were talking about Sonika. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a nice chance <laughs> yep. for him to – now he's taking line rushes at practice with Marshawn. is right. like the, the forgotten two. So, yeah. Um, what do you think of Sonika, Scott? I think it goes with, you know, the idea of Swayman. You gotta just let him play. Yeah, you know you don't want to keep pulling him out because then confidence is lost and you don't get that consistency. Give him, you know, the same line pairing if you can. Give him three or four games in a row instead of oh, drop you in, take you out, send you the minors, drop you in. And I know that's how hockey works, so it's just that's the way. But sometimes you just gotta let the guy play because there's clearly talent there. I think everyone knows that. It's just you need to give it time to come out of his show. It is kind of one of the challenges of having a team that you want, that you expect to contend. Yeah. Um, and they've built their roster in a certain way where, again, Halla, we just talked about. Yeah. like, <laughs> So, all right, Bergeron's the best center in hockey or one of the top three. Coyle, you just gave a, a relatively massive contract to. Hall is a veteran, no sex a veteran. Like so and you brought these guys in to solidify yourself down the middle. And I don't know how you feel, Scott, about where you see Stanika long term, but like I think he's most valuable as a center. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's he's come along as a wing. I mean, remember when we first got called up, they put him on the wing and he was just getting outworked and out muscled yeah. and he's he's getting you know, this is was this what uh preseason narrative is that Stanika came back yoked. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he put yeah. on like twenty pounds or something like that of muscle. Uh, I think he's done nice, nice when he's gotten the opportunities. It's just, it's a lot more difficult to find him ice time, I guess. So you like him as a center? Or? I like him as a center, and if you remember at the beginning of the season before Hollow got put into the center, and you know he was moving around. That's a true. Lot, that's a good point. Yeah. He played really well on the wing, Hollow. So he can he can be put everywhere, and you can move Sanika into the lineup if you want. But that's the difficulty. Do you put? You know, do you go crazy maybe at one point if the Hall uh, Hall Pasternak's not working and you put Studnika in the middle? Of so, that? like, that's – I was actually just thinking that the long-term ceiling of this team, if everybody – if everything fit the way it's yeah. supposed to fit, it's Bergeron – this is going down the middle. Bergeron, Studnika, Coyle, Hall, right? Yeah. And then – but that's just – that's – Probably a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, if Stanika somehow – but, like, if he's not getting the opportunities, he's probably not going to make the jump to second-line right. center just out of thin air. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be uh, another interesting week for Stanika, especially if he's going to continue to be scratched. If Frederick keeps playing well, there's also Steen that needs to be oh, somewhere geez, in that right, lineup. Yeah. So there's a lot of decisions to make. I wonder if maybe going against a team like the Avalanche is going to sway Cassidy one way or another with Steen or – Maybe Frederick dropped off these next two games. Hmm. I don't know. I was going to say, if Steen and Stanika are on level nine, then it's not going to sway them one way or another. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Got to be on the ice to make a difference. That so. is very true. But again, I don't have better answers, too. No. And I don't even know if this is a good problem to have. It's not quite a good problem to have. It's just kind of, you got a lot of stuff right now. And maybe that's, maybe this is a holding pattern until the trade deadline. On paper, it's a good problem to have. 
because you have all this depth. You have yeah, all these forwards. I mean, you have all these extra guys. But yeah, but to Scott's point, like your depth isn't improving. <laughs> like the idea of Nosek as a depth guy is a lot more palpable than Stanika. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's, you know, I would like to see the guy with a higher ceiling play, but I also understand, especially right now, when you're down your two best two-way forwards that you want to stay as veteran as possible, defensively minded and responsible as possible. So they're just kind of in a tough spot right now. Yeah. going to be, I mean, I say it's going to be an interesting week, but it's really going to be an interesting month up until next month's trade deadline because there's a lot of, there could be a lot of moving pieces and the Bruins need help. They're going to just trade for the entire uh, Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes roster, and they'll be off to the races. Right? <laughs> All right. So Stanley Cup champions 2022. No, I mean, to, to, the, to the roster excess point, I think, you know, I'm just – I told you guys I was going to shoehorn this, but, like, the Canadians have already started the fire sale. They traded Tyler Toffoli to the Flames, and, and they gave up, you know, a first rounder, a grand is a conditional first rounder, a fifth rounder, Pitlick, um, and Heineman. So like, like, it's a pretty big ask for you. Know, so I think that the market is going to be once again a, a seller's market. So having assets is important. So and the Bruins don't have a lot of cap to work with, so this could work in their favor. True. <laughs> this is a, this is a good point. So, well, if I'm gonna just toss out a name there because <laughs> it's the one I read all the time. You know, say they're going for JT Miller, per se. Yeah. You pretty much have to have a DeBrusque in that trade, I'm guessing. Which, you know, hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But, you know, cap reasons, that just makes the most sense. He wants to move on, new spot. Right. So, if you're trying to get someone, and it kind of goes back, you know, if you get JT Miller to, say, go on the second line, opens up a spot, because assuming DeBrusque is gone on the wing, or... That's the crazy thing about the trade deadline. They have all these names, you know, offensively and defensively. We're seeing it with uh, uh, Vikanen now when he's back. You don't know where he fits in, but he was playing well. So there's a lot of names on the team that, you know, where do they fit? And then there's a lot of names out there that they're probably going to go for. So it's just a matter of, I guess, waiting and seeing, which is not always the best, but it's just the way to go around this time of the year. Yep. And as we talked about last few weeks they are in kind of a uh, standings wise and they're in a a decent spot where they've it's going to be hard for them to blow a playoff spot yeah and it's the only place that they can go absent a complete meltdown is up in the standing so again to lauren's point it's a, a month of kind of figuring out what you have how it fits and waiting for it to break because it inevitably does and <laughs> you, know, you have to adjust on the fly well, so before the bergeron marshawn you know situations i really thought this was your, your prove it month because you had the west coast trip at the end you had three games a week and games that you didn't even expect to have right. well right but a lot of them were you know playoff opponents if yeah. you go down the list it's like every other game's at least a playoff opponent one of the top teams in the leagues is you know they play the avalanche on monday so i was hoping this would be the prove it month but when you don't have your Full deck. Yeah. It's, it can't be a prove it month. It's more of a let's see what we can let's do. Let's just and, survive. <laughs> I mean, them getting a point against the Rangers was huge because the yeah. Rangers are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And, you know. Yeah. They're in a, I mean, we talked about this last week too. Now it's like, I, you know, none of those teams that they're playing next week are great. 
you know, the, the West Coast trip, but a West Coast trip is a West Coast trip. And they are out there for a while. Jesus. It's yeah. a six-game roadie with you know, going through California and stopping mm. Columbus on the way back. And then the end of or middle of March, they go do the Midwest swing. So it's – there's a lot, you know. It's, even if you're not playing playoff, it's either – yeah. So I guess right now you're either – on a brutal road trip, or you are playing cup worthy teams, yeah. so it goes both ways. Except for yeah, they've got Chicago and Arizona mixed in there next month. <laughs> <laughs> those should on paper, they, yeah. th- those those should be wins, but you never know with a season like this, and you never know with the trade deadline approaching what's going to happen, what teams are going to catch fire. But I think that's a good spot to uh, to call it a day on a new era of yeah, uh, Ness and Bruins pod. Spent. Do you have any parting <laughs> thoughts, either of you? I got nothing. Uh, Swayman should be playing, though. <laughs> well, I, think goes, I think it goes a long way. I know you paid old Mark a lot of money, and you got to fill that in, but it goes a long way. I hear people hooting and hollering in the hallway they right now. They, they must they, have yeah, loved it. They, they're big fans of the Scott Edwards era, so they like that take. So. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. All right. Well, until next time, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do for to get your favorite podcast. And until next week, that's Mike and Scott, and I'm Lauren. Oh, yeah.